What is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Positionless Pod. I am your host, Kai Gamage. I'm joined by, again, a little bit less of the regular group of people. One day, one day we'll have everyone in together um, in my dreams, hopefully, uh, one day. But yeah, today I'm joined by Mike Cruz and Aaron Matthews, same crew that we ran out here last episode. Diego's too busy with his with his family. What the hell? Embarrassing. Grow up. Like, come on. Who still spends time actually? with their fa- Bro, this guy's this guy's in like his early 20s. Who spends time with their family in their early 20s? Listen, oh, I wish I could. Yeah. Go 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 drink or something. Like go spend time with friends the hell kind of go record a podcast that's what's important in your early 20s when else are you gonna have the time what what about in the late late 20s late 20s no (laughs) 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 yeah i don't know bro (laughs) at that time you should be spending time with your kids or something (laughs) i'm I'm good man i'm good good. what do you think he's doing here then (laughs) Yo, <laughs> hey, I'm an adult. Oh yeah. So, well, I don't think we made an episode last week, right? We've been we've been slacking. Um, we've been busy, you know, lots of lots of things going on in all of our separate lives. And actually, it's it's. I mean, it's just tough getting a group of three, let alone four people together at this point. Uh, we're all busy doing things in the basketball realm and in the sports realm. So you know. We are keeping busy just in different facets, but it's 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 been tough trying to keep up with the podcast as much as we would like to. But obviously, we're happy to be back in the past what week and a half since we last recorded. There's been a few changes in the NBA. We were talking last episode about the Pelicans being the top seed in the West. Now we got the Grizzlies. We were talking last episode about the Lakers maybe turning a corner and then also not turning a corner. And now I don't know. It's it's with the Lakers. It's it's really just a roller coaster. Um, I forget what else we talked about last episode, but obviously things have changed in the NBA as they always do. Boston is on a losing streak. Orlando's on a winning streak. Um, Bull Bulls just absolutely most improved player in the NBA. So lots of things to get into in this episode of the Positionless Pod. But starting things off, how, how have you guys been? How's how's everything holding up on 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 both of your ends? Yeah, I had a good morning. Yeah, so my just gonna share a little bit. My school won the championship earlier this morning. Wait, the That's Centennial still... Colts? <laughs> <laughs> Relax, bro. They're not. They're not. They're not that team. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So shout out, shout out to the Ateneo Blue Eagles. Uh, redemption season, winning the championship again. Entered uh, the finals as underdogs, overcame a one to zero deficit, then winning again. So yeah, pretty good morning. I watched that. Actually, woke up at halftime. Then I saw the team was up by around fifteen points. Then it became an ass clincher. <laughs> Because I started watching. Obviously. I can't I just can't escape the these ass clinchers. Well except well, I don't except, know. except for last Yeah, except you, went, for to, last you night. went to a game last night, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Pool party. Oh, Jordan Pool oh, Masterclass. 
That was awful. Awful. We're gonna we're gonna talk about not, that later not on. Not for me. <laughs> you really spent what sixty bucks on that? That's not worth bro. It, bro. That's not sixty. Bro, StubHub has this hidden $25 service charge. On what? Ticketmaster? StubHub. Oh, bro. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that, that's what Aaron told me. They finessed you. I, who doesn't finesse, though? Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. Where is that's how it goes, man. Draymond Green, three threes in the first two minutes. Don't, don't talk to me about that, man. How are you gonna lose? Are you gonna get killed by Draymond Green from deep, bro? What are we doing here? What are we doing, man? That's heartbreaking. I hate okay. this team. Sound like the Raptors are a serious team, unlike yeah. Ateneo. Yeah, Ateneo. That's that is that is a serious team right there. Yeah, that's that's like, a serious team right there. Championship, championship blood right there. Championship mentality. Yeah, four four championships in the last five years. Wow. Well, so why do you why do you only bandwagon successful teams, bro? Not even like in the NBA, bro, how, I get it. Not how the hell like, do I how relax? I went to the school, man. Come okay, on. And. So what, bro? <laughs> bro, I don't I can't bandwagon this team. I'm I'm obliged to support this team. Yeah, well, you didn't have to go there in the first place. You yeah. went there because their basketball team was bro. I went clearly. there for 16 years, man. Come on. <laughs> okay i guess we can give him the pass this time but when it comes to the uh to the warriors fandom and then what well what team was it before that was it the Cavs that you liked before that no no man the heat man oh of course of course <laughs> Heatles. um yeah you know I, I don't know if i can forgive that but you know what now that we're talking about big threes um i guess we should start talking about this episode First of all, it's a big three that are on this episode today. Obviously, me, Aaron, and Mike, absolute dream team. Uh, we want to we want to kind of compare it to a uh, a group of three players in the NBA right now that have that are actually on the the league's longest winning streak. And and they're I don't know if I could call them the big three. Uh, Aaron specifically called them called them the mid three. Uh, the New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson. RJ Barrett and uh, Julius Randle are on a seven game winning streak. It's, it's the longest one in the NBA right now. Ask Cluncher yesterday in Indiana at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. What a game. Holy crap. The Knicks. The Knicks are a good team. Um, we started this year off kind of, well, we, we, we had made our coaches rankings, right? And we had put, Tom Thibodeau in, in in tier one, right? Where he was essentially like, if if you don't succeed, you're going to get fired within like a fucking week, right? That's how hot his ass, hot his, hot his seat was. Um, the Knicks obviously wanted to find some degree of success after being complete and utter dog shit last year. After making the, what? After getting to the fifth seed in the year before. So the Knicks had expectations and, all of a sudden, they're actually attaining them. Um, they're a pretty strong team as it stands right now. They are the sixth seed in the East with a 17 and 13 record. Uh, what is going right with the Knicks, you guys think? I, I'm it's it starts with the coaching, and we have to give credit here to Tom Thibodeau because last year he was 
well until last year he was very adamant with his coaching it was what he knew from his bulls days and that's exactly what he was carrying on with the Knicks and like overworking his veterans refusing to integrate the younger players into the rotation and it's been the opposite so far like quentin grimes who had a great summer league we talked about him after that we thought he deserved minutes after that and he actually has been getting minutes and he's performing mm-hmm. and he's just one of the guys like emmanuel quickly who when he came into the league was uh, a microwave scorer of sorts off the bench for them is now a lockdown defender all of a sudden and i am positively shocked about this character development here i'm happy for it so like all of these young guys turning it up and obviously jalen brunson who okay by the way i didn't call them the mid three that's what that's what nba twitter nba media gave mm-hmm. that that's what they branded the big three there but yeah jalen brunson i'm glad he's playing like an all star i think this is his uh like he had 30 again last night he's killing it not just for the next but also for my fantasy team i love jalen brunson i love watching guys who are good in the post and a 6 foot guy doing it is absolute fun to watch too yeah i want to i want to touch on like just how good the pieces in this backcourt have been up to this point uh obviously you mentioned Quentin Grimes uh Miles McBride Emmanuel Quickly all three of those guys have just become absolute forces as point of attack defenders uh they're working within Thibodeau's system extremely well they're just really hard workers and i don't know it's 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 been it's been extremely impressive to see them of all people kind of shore up the defensive lapses that other guys on this team are kind of still committing. Julius Randle has been having a great season offensively, but on defense he still has a ton of defensive lapses. He's helping on wrong play like he's he's not helping well on defense and when he does help it always seems to be in the wrong situations. He doesn't close out well to the corner, but it hasn't seemed to matter. Right? Like they're finding ways to switch on Julius Randle mistakes and on poor RJ Barrett close out sometimes uh that it just hasn't really mattered too much as it stands right now they are the eighth best defense in the NBA uh in terms of defensive rating absolutely disgusting like they're at 111 per game which is pretty shocking um good for them but yeah i mean if if Randle intends to take another step and i mean again we he he's been having a solid season up to now but if he actually starts to put more effort on defense i think that this team could get even better um yeah it's 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 been it's been surprising more than anything else but it's been cool to see the young players especially in in Thibodeau's system which like you said just never really prioritizes young players he never really wants to play young players uh it's been nice to see them actually get a role and succeed with that role. Yeah, it's actually impressive that the young guys are the ones anchoring this defense because throughout this last stretch that where they won 7 games, 
they actually have the top defensive rating in the league. So, yeah, just researched a couple of stats throughout the stretch. They've held their opponents to 43% shooting throughout the stretch, which is third in the league. And they're also the number one team in defending the three. So the opponents are shooting just 28% from three and just making nine threes per game throughout this stretch. So, yeah, it shows a lot of, you know, it's just impressive that the Knicks have been able to win games really with, with their defense. And it's testament to Thibs for getting the young guys to actually buy in. Which he had, he wasn't able to do with, with his team last season. Yeah, and uh, like also with the young guys, I think we have to appreciate their forty eight percent free throw shooter Mitchell Robinson, who's definitely been the anchor of that defense, who's averaging two blocks per game right now. And it's not like he wasn't doing this like since he was drafted. This is what he does. But now that the rest of the team is actually showing up too, it you can see how critical he is and how like he is the heart of their defense. So if the Knicks do get better or defensively as a team, or even if they stay like this, I think at least he'll be getting he should be a top ten DPOI candidate at least and deservedly. Yeah, I mean, two two blocks per game. He's been an absolute force on the inside. And I also really like the way that they're kind of staggering Hartenstein and Robinson minutes. It feels like when Robinson is even out of the game, they have another solid backup center who can defend pretty well in Isaiah Hartenstein. And sometimes they run two big lineups with Hartenstein and Jericho Sims that have also worked to very solid effect in terms of just defending the paint. Um, this is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a really... I don't know. It's just been an impressive team. I can't say I expected any of this from the Knicks this year. I think that I kind of went into this year expecting them to just be another potential play-in team kind of fighting for that midsection. Um, but they've 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 gone above and beyond. I mean, Evan Fournier, he's barely playing. Good for him. Um, <laughs> that's he had a huge benefit because he doesn't do anything when he's not playing for France. Um, yeah, and, and they're doing it like you, like you said, Aaron, earlier, like without the three point shot, really, right? I mean, currently, I think that they're 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 one of the worst teams in the league in terms of three point shooting, they're only hitting them at 30 about 33 percent, which is like 26th in the league. Um, and that's just not how they're winning games in, in during their win streak, they're hitting them at 36%. But again, it's, it's just, that's not how they're dominating. You can see sometimes like they'll get nasty hot from deep. Julius Randall's had a couple games where he'll hit like six threes just out of nowhere um, from like Brunson diming him up, but that's just not how they choose to play the game. Uh, instead, it's just really strong cuts like good physicality this is an athletic team um and they're and they're using all those things to their advantage right now yeah but you know like you mentioned their three point and just wanted to quickly bring up how brunson who's never been like the biggest three-point shooter he's he went from averaging 3.6 attempts last year to 4.6 this year and he's maintained his 37 percent shooting and that's actually impressive that he's taken this step 
because last year he was an in an offense where you had to score more threes and he's gone into an offense where threes aren't the main focus and yet his numbers have gone up and like this uh, not the previous game he had like i think a couple of threes last night the game before he had six made threes in that game and it's it's insane how much he's affecting this offense like i think one of the biggest parts is because the Knicks added a primary uh, an, another ball handler who's not RJ Barrett who can actually do his job and facilitate Julius Randle's careless turnovers have gone down and their offense just becomes smoother because of that i he still it's still at 2.7 per game for Randle but he was at 3.4 last year so i think as the season goes i think those numbers come down and their offense only gets better too mm-hmm. yeah I, i also just want to add to your point Aaron about uh brunson's three point shooting so you mentioned how he maintained his percentage this year while his attempts have gone up but uh his per- percentage of assisted threes have actually gone down so he's shooting a lot more off the dribble this year compared to last year so that's a testament to how you know his game has grown how you know it's actually impressive that you know he, he's maintaining his uh efficiency from downtown mm-hmm. despite having to shoot the more off the dribble yeah i mean he's he's really coming into a role as just a legitimate shot creator for this team um it's it's been it's been awesome to see uh, i'm kind of glad that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell. Am yeah, I, I wrong? Mean, Am I wrong to say that? Because it's like they would have had to gut this team, right? Like there wouldn't have been the depth that they have right now. And that's kind of where they're succeeding, right? Like we're looking at their backcourt depth um, as kind of being one of their strong points right now. We're also looking at, I mean, their center depth as being one of their strong points right now. And they most likely lose both of those if they're making a deal for Donovan Mitchell, if they wanted to make salaries work, right? Like they'd be losing Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes, probably RJ Barrett, potentially Mitchell Robinson, right? So you're completely gutting your team for the sake of of Donovan Mitchell. And I think that you're kind of losing where the success of this Knicks team has been up to this point in the year. That's a tough one. I, I don't think, the like you're right you you lose a lot of pieces but again it's a guy who who you can potentially build a franchise around for sure versus a guy who's on his way to his first ever all-star appearance so there's still a big gap and mm-hmm. well if the trade potential trade did include Mitchell Robinson then obviously that's uh that that's that wouldn't do anything like if you don't have Mitchell Robinson on this Knicks team that defense is not going to be as good not even close so maybe i see it but it's a tough hypothetical for me for sure i mean like okay as it stands right now right the Knicks are 14th of the league in offensive rating according to basketball reference and 8th in the league according to defensive rating um right so the strength as it stands right now is in their defense obviously if you add donovan mitchell your offense's offensive rating is going to go up i mean actually you know what we haven't we haven't seen that happen for cleveland 
as of now. Um, Cleveland's offensive rating is one of the worst in the league, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they're, yeah, their offensive efficiency uh, in their last 10 games is one of the worst in the league, according to Kirk Goldsberry. But, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, like, you'd only hurt your defense if you were to get Donovan Mitchell, right? And that's where Thibodeau's strengths lie. It's it's in coaching defense. You'd only be hurting your defense. Um, and... I don't know. I I feel like you're you're not getting the ball movement that you're getting from the Knicks right now, if you have Donovan Mitchell, because it it just turns into, like yeah, like Brunson has been scoring off the dribble a lot more, and he's been showing his ability to score off the dribble. But the reason that they're, I mean, that especially Julius Randle is finding a lot of success is because Brunson is making his looks a lot easier. Right, Brunson is diming this guy up constantly. It's been a great pairing. They've been strong in the pick and roll. He's a great lob threat. He's a great cutter, and Brunson always seems to find him. And I think that you kind of potentially lose that if you shift to a more ISO ball offense that Donovan Mitchell potentially provides. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if uh, we'll see this kind of season from Brunson if Mitchell is there too. Like, yeah, he won't. He won't really get to evolve as a shot creator. It's. It's. He's going to have this pretty much the same role as he had in Dallas. So again, but maybe kind of agree with Aaron, what Aaron said though, it's kind of a tough hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You lose you obviously gain offense, but you lose a lot of that defense, which has been their strong suit. For sure. Throughout the stretch. So while we're on the topic of trades though, do you think that there's any move that the Knicks should make to potentially take this team to the next level? Because do you guys think that I know they're on like a seven on like a seven game win streak right now, but prior to that they were they were 10-13. Do you guys think that they're a legitimate contender in any way, shape, or form? Because I, I still don't. Yeah, there's no way. I don't I mean they're maybe just on a hot streak. Maybe hey, since we talked talked about them so good today, they'll probably go on a losing streak next, right? Yeah, oh a hundred percent. So we are addressing this. We are bringing it up. Yeah, of course. Because... So it's over for them. Okay. Oh yeah. Um. It was <laughs> you know it was it was cool. It was cool that the Knicks had this, uh, for the time that they had this, but it's gone now. So. Yeah, we are We're cursed. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Knicks fans. Tough, tough go. When, what's their <laughs> next game? They're against yeah. They're against the Warriors next. <laughs> Yo, Mike. <laughs> Jordan Fool Masterclass. Again. Uh, Miles McBride's shutting him down, bro. Come on. Yeah. So do you guys think that there's like a potential trade that the Knicks can make um, to, you know, maybe actually get to that next level? Because again, like, like, like I said, like we're not, none of us think that they're contenders in any way. So is there a move that they can make to potentially become contenders? Uh, see, I don't think there is any move right now, like a single move that's going to automatically make them contenders. But I do think they have the contracts to make a splash or a mini splash because that's all you can do at this point of the season. Like you, we've talked about Evan Fournier, who's useless right now. He's got an 18 million contract right now and he has two years left, including a team option. And they have Cam Reddish, who's almost, who's like on the last year of his rookie deal, earning up to six million almost. So you can get a 20 million guy 
uh, for that money, you can you can potentially go for a guy like Kuzma. There's exactly right. There's there's guys who you can bring to strengthen the team, but yeah, their ceiling, even with a guy like Kuzma, would be maybe fifth seed at best. Yeah, like I don't. They're not better than the Celtics. They're not better than the Bucks. I think that they go toe to toe with the Cavs, though. Mm. Yeah, depending on how their injuries look like. For sure, I, 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 I think like okay, like if if there was a seven game series, um, I don't think they beat the Nets. No. I don't think they beat the Bucks, and I don't think they beat the Celtics. But I think that they stand a chance against the Sixers or Cavs. If they were to add another piece, huh? Oh, I don't see them standing a chance against Philadelphia. Why? Because Philadelphia is just that much better. I think the defense. I think the defense on New York is 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 a pretty nice matchup for what Philadelphia brings to the table. Where where the Knicks kind of lack like lack defense right now is on the wing, and where's the wing scoring for Philly? If you were to add another piece like Kuzma to the mix, put him into your starting rotation. Um, you run out a lineup of what Brunson, Grimes, or I mean Brunson, Barrett, Kuzma, um, Randall, Robinson. I think that that kind of fills all the holes that you'd be have to deal have to deal with when you're facing up against the Sixers. Mm, I'm still not sold on it, man. <laughs> I don't like Doc. I also don't like Doc Rivers in a seven game series. Yeah. You see, the last time the last time the Knicks were in the playoffs, they absolutely shot the bet yeah but that wasn't this next team i think that this next team they, is they were also one better. of the but they, they were also pretty good in on defense that year that, that, that was a strong suit that year mm-hmm. and they got molly <laughs> by the atlanta hawks yeah well that, that, that was a cinderella a well yeah i mean it's a significantly less talented team than the sixers team too for sure but I think that this Knicks team is better, wouldn't you say? Like the addition of Brunson, the steps that the young guys have taken in, and I'm I'm saying in a hypothetical situation where, let's say let's say they do do the Kuzma deal, which I really like. I was actually gonna suggest that one as well. Cam Reddish has been useless. Obi Toppin doesn't f- do as well as I'd like him to do. Uh, there's there's a lot of contracts that they can move to get someone like Kyle Kuzma, who's only on a thirteen million dollar contract. If they were to get someone like that. Shore up their wing defense, get another wing score. Um, I don't. I think. I think that there's like a solid what six game series there at the very least. Yeah, maybe even seven. Honestly, like I, I do see what you're trying to say. Like they definitely do match up well, and I would honestly love to see that. Like a first round matchup between the Knicks, uh, and either Cavs, Sixers, or even the Nets. Just for the New York rivalry, mm. I think the NBA needs that. Yeah, Nets are gonna slaughter them. <laughs> yeah, without KD, it's playing absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Nets would Nets would destroy them. It wouldn't be close. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah. So, do you guys think that there's any potential deals there for the Knicks to make, or, or is it just the Kuzma one? Because, like, I I don't know. I I don't I don't really see how they move right now either. Honestly, you know there is one trade. Yes, the the Pad Web Kendrick Nunn and a second for who? 
For who, man? For what? <laughs> for those two guys, Cam Radish and Evan Fournier. Stop! You don't want that. Throw it, throw it, Damian Jones too, just oh, so we can get rid of him. You don't want that, man. That's Come on, you can do that. better with old reliable. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> yeah, they're horrendous, man. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll 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 talk about the Nets for a bit. We'll talk about the Lakers for a bit. Uh, two usual culprits on this show. Um, and then we'll also get into some uh, some teams that should blow it up potentially. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. See you. See you in a second. Okay, we are back. Um, yeah, I, Mike, did you have a did you have a potential Knicks trade that you thought of over the break? Yeah, it's uh, you won't like this. Oh yeah, I won't. <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't like, man. I'm not. A you said you fan. said you said you'll get mad at me. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let me hear it. So, hear me out. Hmm. You talked about teams that we should that should blow it up, right? And it's the Toronto Raptors. Oh, you're damn right. <laughs> so they should just let go of a uh, OGN and Obi. Let's do it. Get it. Get him to a better situation. A better situation. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Why not? Or uh, I don't know. Maybe that maybe the Knicks could get a trade done for Pascal Siakam too. Stop. Who knows? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> OG, what's, what's gonna allow it? Allow OG. Don't ever say his name again. What, bring what RJ. Bring for? RJ home. What am I gonna get? Bring I, RJ home. No, stop. Hey, yo, facts though. Actually, yeah. no, no. I want a point guard. I'm begging. He's gonna be. He's gonna be an amazing tank commander. <laughs> RJ Barrett oh, as yeah, your he's star. Gonna, he's gonna do numbers, bro. There, yeah. There's nobody in the league as consistent as RJ Barrett. Hey, that's my that's my thirty percent three point shooter right there. Yes, sir. That's what the Raptors need. The thirty percent three point shooter. <laughs> <laughs> His per is thirteen right now, bro. He's <laughs> he's doing worse than Fat Young. <laughs> exactly what you need. <laughs> my guy's playing like 34 minutes a game he leads the knicks in minutes per game bro's got a 13 per what are we doing here trade his eyes okay all right enough about the knicks man i'm tired of talking about about teams that that aren't supposed to be good that are actually doing well let's talk about a team that probably is supposed to be good considering the players that are on that team and has been doing well as of late it's the uh the crosstown rival Brooklyn Nets. They're on an absolute heater right now. They are on six wins in a row. They almost lost that game to the Raptors on uh on Friday. I mean, not lost, but they almost went to OT and then Kyrie Irving just hit hit a buzzer beater right in their face. I was at work when that happened. That was a moment. Like we were all like talking about the Raptors in our Slack chat, just like, oh man, you know, they're actually doing well. And then it went radio silent as soon as Kyrie Irving hit that three and everyone everyone from my workplace went to Twitter 
started talking about like, oh yeah, like this team is actually dog shit. It's a mess. Bro, this isn't about the mess. Sorry. Did you hear the collective gasp of that that crowd when Kyrie got the separation? Oh. I did. It was a push off. It was a push off. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but um yeah so so the nets are kind of on one right now obviously kevin durant's been having the best one of the best seasons of his career since kyrie irving has returned to this lineup i think that they are what 11 and 3 absolutely out of this world good um let's let's talk about it you know uh are they back to being contenders are the nets contenders once again are they in that playoff bubble you know, I thought they were, like, looking at the winning streak, looking at the results. But I went and I checked the games, like, who they played. So, the first, uh, okay, the this winning streak that we're talking about, it's a six-game winning streak now. It started with the Hornets. And then against, the, the second win was against the Hawks, who don't have... DeJounte. It was the the following game was against the Pacers, eh. then the Wizards, then the Craptors, followed by the Pistons oh, last night. What's wrong with you? So, uh, I haven't seen anything legit here. I mean, yeah, good teams should be winning all of the games. They are doing that, but yeah, that's it. They're a good team. I don't think they're a great team yet because the one game, the one big game that they had during the stretch was against the Celtics where it was an 11-point loss. If they actually beat the Celtics, I would have been on board. But right now, I still think they are a third, fourth seed at best. They beat the other best team in the NBA right now. They beat the Orlando Magic, okay? So watch yourself. Calm down, okay? <laughs> let's let's put some respect on which teams are good and which teams aren't. Okay. We 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 shouldn't even be mentioning the magic and the uh, raptors in the same breath right now. Um yeah, I see what you mean with the with the Nets and and honestly, like some of these have been close games, right? Like three-point win against the Pacers, three-point win against the Raptors, three-point win last night against the Detroit Pistons. Like these were these were kind of down to the wire there were points in last night's game against the pistons where like they were down by like eight points right it wasn't it wasn't a blowout by any stretch of the imagination um but i think that what we're seeing from them is 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 pretty legit like those top two players the the level that they're playing at right now is some of the best that we've seen them play at i mean katie's averaging 30 a night Kyrie's are averaging 26 a night um, they're looking like two of the most dangerous isolation threats in the entire NBA as they have their entire career. Um, and I think that that's kind of just a test for, for anyone. Like it, it, I don't know, I don't know how any team, when you go up against a, a duo like that, like it's, it, it is, it'll always be a threat. Yeah, I, I agree. And they, they have other role players like Utah, Watanabe stepping up right now. Nick Claxton is doing pretty well. He thinks he should be in the DPOI conversation. Oh, I think he needs to calm down, yes. Like, when you look at his stats, I'm not going to lie, it is super impressive. Like, 0.7 steals per game and 2.4 blocks per game is pretty good. But 
relax you're you're not that guy yet but they've got like a solid team like this is what we expected right at the start of the season this is what we thought would happen but then there was so much drama and like the results didn't go their way and ben simmons looked like a shell right now with the drama of the team they look like a completely different team they look like a team that is out there to just play basketball and they're winning can they do it in yeah. the playoffs with this roster i am not sure yeah i think what's happening with the nets right now is that the role players are finally like setting in settling into their respective roles because again you mentioned uh nicholas claxton you know playing serving as a defensive anchor for this team being that lob threat inside threat for them utah watanabe uh you know solid find for them in the off season one of their better if not their best three point shooter corner um, striker yeah that that dagger three he hit against toronto <laughs> stop man <laughs> i actually love seeing that i love seeing it you know but, good for him yeah, whatever He's hitting up fifty three percent from deep so far this season. Whatever, bro. I don't care. Insane. <laughs> yeah, the Raptors could use him. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, no, we don't need him, bro. A yes, lot of there without are... crying now. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, a lot of their guys are selling into the role. So, yeah, I mean, as Aaron said, this is what we expected of them this season, and. If the guys continue, the role players continue to play the way they're, they're playing, and if you know they're, they're going to continue building chemistry throughout the year, and they could really make a lot of noise in the playoffs if you know they play to their full potential. Because this team is from top to bottom, it's actually pretty stacked. One of the more stacked teams in the league. Um. No, I mean, I mean, they've been they've been super interesting. I think that. Like they, they're. I think that they're probably a piece away still. Um, like, like they have solid role players, right? But I think that they're, they could probably use a better rebounder. Nick Claxton is only getting like eight point six rebounds a game. Um, defensive rebounds, they're one of the worst teams in the league. So I, I think that there are still holes within this team. Like they give up a lot of second chance points, and I think that's definitely going to be a point of contention. The hope is that Ben Simmons can still improve on defense. Uh, still get back to where he was before but there is when you have two superstars right when you have Kevin Durant playing I think at the is this is this the best he's played other than maybe what one year with the with the with the Warriors like this is actually out of this world how well Kevin Durant is playing like he's he's got 30.4 points a game he's got 6.6 rebounds 5.3 assists 1.6 blocks he's been he's been one of the best defensive players in the entire league so far this year um he's hitting at 56% from the field 36% from deep 92% from the free throw line is this the best Kevin Durant year that we've had i you know i never looked at it like that but now that you say it now that i look at the stats it's hard to disagree because like this is he's 34 now he's averaging 30 right now again at his best efficiency like this is his best efficiency in like when it comes to just field goal like it's not even close the last time like the closest was 
literally a couple of years ago when he shot 53% uh, from the field. Right now he's shooting 56. He's also averaging his best numbers from the free throw line, 92%. And overall, that's uh, an effective field goal percentage of almost 61%. All that insane efficiency on offense combined with the defensive numbers that you just mentioned. And he's also kind of dictating the offense. He's not he's not the primary playmaker, but he's doing a lot of that too. So yeah, I it I think it is the best we've seen so far from Kevin Durant. Yeah, there's definitely a case, but yeah, I think I think this is like I could describe this as his most complete season. Mm. Like he's he's making it happen from an efficiency standpoint. He's averaging 30 points per game. He's rebounding the ball. He's playmaking. And he's doing it on the defensive end. And it's sort of coming under the radar, you know, com- compared. You know, we, we're not seeing Kevin Durant in, like, MVP conversations. We're usually seeing guys like Luka, uh, Giannis, and Jokic, of course, in that conversation. But... Kevin Durant, if if the Nets are able to climb to or sustain a top three seed in the East, play you know above their expectations, especially after after their drama filled off season and you know start of the season, he definitely has a case because I feel like he's actually turning into the leader that the Nets need him to be and. For them to be successful, he needs to be that kind of guy for them. Wasn't there like that point at the start of the season where he had like the worst plus minus in the entire league, I think over the first seven games? It was yeah. like minus or like the first six games. He was at like minus 70 or something like that, like some ridiculous number. And since then, he's just been out of this world, right? Like I so in those first in the first six games he had an average of minus eleven and plus minus um in per game, uh and since then he's had an average plus minus of plus five point six right like he's been he's been out of this world he's averaging thirty points a game and and he's he's distributing the ball well he's got five point seven assists in all those games he's just been a solid force in every shape in every sense of the word. Um, it's actually interesting though. He's only, he hasn't gone over three, three point makes in a game yet. Right. Like he's, he's doing all of his scoring in the mid range. This is where this team is kind of dominating. He's constantly getting to his spots, uh, like the high post short, like at the elbow, he's just doing all of his damage from the mid range, absolutely killing people from there. So I mean, he's adapting his game pretty nicely. I think that he's figured out exactly what type of shot, he wants to take so far this year and he's constantly getting to that spot. He's not relying on, on three point shots. He's, he's relying on what works best for him right now. And he's doing it on incredible efficiency. There was a game against, I think it was Orlando. Uh, let me double check here. Yeah. Orlando where he, he went out of this world. He was 19 for 24. Um, and o- only five, only five, three point shots. Right. Like, he did damage. He scored 45, 45 points on only three point three three point makes. Um, all of his damage was done in the mid range, and that's just what he's been doing all year long. So, 
uh, it's it's been an incredibly impressive Kevin Durant season, and I think that, like you said, he's he isn't being talked about within the MVP conversation so much right now because I think that he's he's settling or not settling, but he's he's taking these shots that aren't really highlight plays. Everything that Kevin Durant is doing is just strong fundamental basketball. He's just doing it at the highest level right now. Yeah, I mean, he's just basically able to get what he wants right now on offense. Like, if he wants that midi, he's going to get it. And I think this is the most, yeah, this is the most seasoned he's been. So, obviously, a lot of years into that craft of, you know, becoming this absolute sniper from mid-range. But I think we're seeing the complete package from him from an offensive standpoint at this yeah, point. Man, like, he hasn't taken this, like, little threes. Like, only, only a quarter of his shots right now this season are three-pointers. He hasn't taken like less than less than 26% of his shots uh from three point land since 2012 right like it's a completely different sort of kevin durant that we're seeing this year and it's 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 been a readjustment to how he played in his in his form in his in his younger years you know when yeah and then jacques vaughn you know ever since they fired steve nash uh this team has been on another level how much credit do you think we can actually attribute to Jacques Vaughn in this, or how much of it is just they're happy that Steve Nash is gone? Like, what's the what's the what's the consensus here? Is it that Steve Nash was the problem, or Jacques Jacques Vaughn is just this big a solution? I think he, I think the Nets just the the Nets roster just has his ear a little bit more. Hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like they have respect the the respect they have for Vaughn is a lot more than what they had for Steve Nash because I saw I saw this this post game interview I mean post game speech he had you know it was an inspiring speech I've never seen Steve Nash do anything like that throughout his tenure as a Nets coach so I think the the this Nets roster has you know bought in with Jacques Vaughn's coaching and you know he's even got guys like Cam Thomas listening to him. So <laughs> Steve Nash was not able to do that. <laughs> since um since Jacques Vaughn has been in charge, uh there so we've kind of seen the Nets as being like an ISO first team, right? Like that's how Kevin Durant and Kyrie play. They're just complete utter assassins um in the ISO game. But they're actually third in the league in assists, uh assist ratio, like in terms of how many assists they get on their on their made field goals um 19.6 only behind the warriors and the nuggets two of the teams that we kind of deem to be the pinnacle of ball movement in the nba they're first in blocks uh which is kind of nuts i mean shout out nick claxton i again he's still not defensive player of the year so calm down uh but they are first in blocks which has been huge um under jacques vaughn they're Offensive rating is sixth in the league and their defensive rating is ninth. So if we're looking for teams that are top 10 in both categories, which is generally a pretty good consensus of whether or not a team is a contender, the Nets under Jacques Vaughn are absolutely there. They're currently fifth in the league in net rating, which is pretty nuts. Uh, this is this is a team that has been completely revitalized under Jacques Vaughn, um, an interim coach. I, he's, he's not an interim coach right now, is he? Like they fully hired him. Uh, they they gave him like a two year contract to be their full on head coach. So, yeah, I mean, it see it seems that they care a lot more about basketball than anything outside of basketball um, as of late. So, 
huge turnaround for the Nets. Yeah, uh, and like it's tough to tell whether it's his own impact or whether it's just the the absence of Steve Kerr, uh, sorry, Steve Nash that's doing it for the Nets. But either way, the fans would be happy that there's some stability right now, that the players actually have a coach that they care about because he was part of the team for a while. Like he was there for the last couple of years, if I'm not wrong. So the players do like him. Cam Thomas likes him. That's the ultimate seal, right? So I'm glad it's working out. And I think... I think the Nets would want to stick with a guy like this because he's drama-free. He's not coming in with baggage. And he has experience, at least, of being an assistant prior to taking this role. It's not like he was hired out of nowhere. So, yeah, I guess he's at least going to be in charge for this season and maybe the next one, too. Yeah, for a team that's just been absolutely volatile, it's been it's been huge that they have a sort of stability here in Jacques Vaughn. So I mean, good for them. I mean, it's 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 who I think KD and Kyrie kind of wanted uh manning the ship. So um yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn Brooklyn looks pretty legit. Do you think that so Aaron, you don't think that they're actual contenders though? Like you don't think that they're on like the same level as like maybe Boston or Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, they did lose to Boston like uh, a couple of weeks ago, start of the month. And they do have a chance to prove they are contenders when they face the Bucks in on December 23rd. That's no better way to announce that yes, you are a contending team and it for and that is followed by a game against the Cavs. So back-to-back games where they can prove themselves. So if they win both of those, then I will believe it. Yeah. Pretty interesting schedule for the Warriors coming up. Sorry, for the Nets coming up. They've got the uh they've got the Golden State Warriors coming up on the docket too. So is that not a challenge here? Uh yeah, I'm good. Well I, 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 now that we're talking them up like they're they're gonna lose anyways. So <laughs> That's, no, that's crazy. Yeah. Are are the Thank Warriors you. about to go about to go like sweep this East Coast trip right now? First they get that win against the Raptors. Now since we talk about the Knicks, they're gonna beat the Knicks. Yeah. Then we talk about the Nets. Now they're gonna beat the Nets too. He, he's gonna cook. Jordan Poole is gonna cook Kyrie. Lunchtime. All right, all right. Um, let's move on to the LA Lakers. Uh, this will be a quick one. Uh, we just kind of need to talk about Anthony Davis, who was recently diagnosed with a, what was it? It was a sprain. No, no, no. It was a foot sprain. There is no, there's no proper diagnosis. That's the, that's the problem here, right? He's just going through it. Yeah. Mm. As usual. Like this word Brian Winter said, it's not good. It's not a sprained ankle. It's not a sprained foot. So what is it? The vibe is off, man. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, yeah, I mean, AD has been playing like an MVP, like a defensive player of the year uh, this past little while. Um, he made the Lakers good, actually. Um, and now now he's gone, which sucks. So what, what are the expectations from the Lakers moving on from this point? I mean, they won last night. Thomas Bryant played out of his mind. He, he hit two clutch three-point shots from the corner. 
uh, last night. Stud. Um, but unfortunately, you're getting a lot of Damian Jones minutes. So how, how, how are you coping with that? Like, do you think that that's a recipe for success? You know, getting getting Damian Jones minutes out there? Oh, uh, absolutely not. Damian Jones is a guy who should be on a team that's trying to blow it up like the Raptors. He should not be on a team that's trying to contend like the Lakers. And the sooner Wenyan Gabriel comes back or the sooner Damian Jones is just waived, it's better for both parties. Bring back Boogie, bro. What the hell? Yeah, I think I, there's no way the Lakers will survive this stretch with 80 out this long. Like, what's their record now? Uh, 13 and 16. So they're 13 and 16 now. So we all know how the Lakers are just, we're just barely grazing competitiveness with AD playing out of his mind, right? But so I got some stats over here per cleaning the glass. The Lakers have an efficiency differential of plus 2.2 per 100 possessions with Anthony Davis on the floor. That is 9.3 points per 100 possessions better than when AD was on the bench. So that just shows the kind of two-way impact that obviously Anthony Davis has on this team. Without him, Pelicans fans should just rejoice right now because they'll continue to add another high draft pick, possibly Wemby, because they're already stacked young roster. So, hey man, I'm sorry, no. Aaron. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who has something to say about that. Max Christie. Okay, yo, this guy he played 24 minutes last night. You know that he play, he played more than Russell Westbrook last night. He was an absolute sniper too. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where you're you're getting these numbers. Cleaning the glass. I don't think that they factored in what Max Christie brings to the table. Okay, put some respect on 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 the future rookie of the month. <laughs> <laughs> This kid's next up. Where is he from? Michigan State? What an absolute sniper, sniper, eh? 44% from deep right now. He's leading the team in three-point percentage. Thomas Bryant is a close second at 43% from deep. We're really talking about this team as like a, a, a team struggling to shoot? Hell no. Come on, bro. They got four shooters on this team that the Raptors wish they had. Max Christie, Thomas Bryant, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker. <laughs> they're almost all shooting 39%. Like, let's let's be serious right now. This team's this team, they've only just they're only just getting started. Okay. The um the Max Christie Thomas Bryant revolution is upon us, and I think that that we should just accept that. Max Christie and his 3.6 points a game, the new Lakers superstar. Um, yeah, go Lakers. Bro, we talk about how the Heat always find these randoms. The Lakers are low-key like that. <laughs> right? Last yeah. year was Austin Reeves. This yeah. year it's Max Christie. This year it could have been Max Christie, bro. I'm heartbroken. But he's not a random. He's He was their only draft selection. So I don't think he's a random. Yeah, that's a fucking random when it's like the top of the second round, bro. I'll be honest with you. That's just <laughs> something like, He's a random man. I'll tell you right now, Christian Coloco is supposed to be a random. <laughs> but it's, it's a problem with both of our teams that a second-round draft pick is getting legitimate minutes, okay? At least they're showing out. At least one of them is showing out. 
I'm I'm sorry that cleaning the glass does not factor in for Thomas Bryant simply being him since AD went out and like they beat they beat the Nuggets who have an MVP caliber big man they beat the Wizards last night who who have the Latvian laser they and and Daniel Gafford who's a solid guy so they're playing the Suns tonight who have a pff, DeAndre Ayton. They don't have Devin Booker tonight, so the Lakers could actually win. Is 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 Ayton injured tonight? Uh I, I don't know about Ayton, but I know Booker's out. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Ayton is Ayton is day to day. He didn't play against the Pels. If you guys don't beat the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, this is gonna be worse than the uh Raptors losing to the Curry and Wiggins list Warriors. Okay. Yo, but it's an away game, so. It's it's on the road, unlike the Raptors who were at hey. Scotia Bank. <laughs> That's not a real place, man. Yeah, but okay. The 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 schedule after that though is not too bad, you know. It's like after that they play the Kings, which I expect to be a loss. But okay. it's the Hornets after that. It's the Bum Mavericks after that. It's it's the Celtics. <laughs> Yo, they they stink too. Okay, they stink too. And then after the Mavs, it's um the the giant killer Orlando Magic. Bro, they are the giants. <laughs> that's true though. That's that's just... so good. <laughs> but see this, like the next month, I don't see that many tough games that the Lakers will be struggling in the absence of AD. Yeah, that's just actually a set of three losable games. Yeah. Sorry? You listed off three losable games there. A losable according to who? Cleaning the glass? To me. <laughs> They're going to lose to the Mavericks. They're going to lose to the Magic and to the Kings. That's three teams. Yeah. They they lose to the Kings at most. We <laughs> will come back next episode and get back to this. Yeah, well, okay. but yeah, I know, but you, you do at least have two Hornets games, which on paper, should be easy wins. I mean, after the game, you could probably just poach one of the players from the Hornets. Um, you know, Hopefully, get some get yeah. some more depth on that team. Yeah, two Hornets games. Hawks are kind of dog, too. So you get two Hawks games. That's baby food. Two Mavs games, too, in the next month. Yeah, man. You get Miles Plumley from the Hornets. Or Mason Plumley. I don't know. Mason Plumley. Yeah, he's on, he's on the block, guys. Mason Plumley's on the it's, block. Who wants him? If Mete Makarnachi was the Lakers GM, he he'd be part of the Lakers right now. Or said who wants me and everyone said no. <laughs> uh yeah, so they played the Wizards last night. Uh Lake <laughs> obviously there's been links between the uh Wash between a couple Washington Wizards players and the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's start off with the big one. Kyle Kuzma showed up to the game in purple. <laughs> What does this mean for the for the Lakers' chances of getting Kyle Kuzma from the Washington Wizards? Is this important? We, we we don't need him. You sure? Yeah. You don't Listen, want that? Before before the game, he said, uh, like when the Lakers the rumors about him came about, he he went and said something like, uh, oh yeah, the grass is not always greener on the other side, something like that. He's got to say that. And. It it was poetic how he made himself look like a fool when he tried to attempt that game-winning three and miss. 
he won you guys the game. You should he's doing it for his future team. No, that's see, I, I hate when I hate bench players starting talking like starters. I hate it. You see, he, after the game, uh LeBron had his arm around Beal. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Listen, <laughs> I am not I am not mentally prepared for that to happen. You want Beal? You don't want Beal? Yeah, I'm good. What you don't want you don't want to get rid of Russell Westbrook's one year bloated contract for five years of Bradley Beal's bloated contract. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no way. There's no way. To be fair, I think that'd be pretty good. That'd be a good siding for the rest of the LeBron years, at least, you know. AD Beal and Braun, that's kind of gross. As the number one Beal hater on this podcast, See, I got that's I gotta, I gotta say, it'd be pretty nice. You, you, if, if LeBron, but bro, he's turning thirty-eight in eleven days. How You're old? Kidding. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think that contract's way too big to yeah, even consider. One of the worst in yeah. the. League. You don't, you don't want AD and Beal running the show for the next five years. <laughs> no. Maybe you should uh maybe you should go after OGN and Obi instead. Oh hell yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. We're gonna take one more quick break and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Toronto Raptors. Um it'll be fun. I'm excited. All right, see you guys in a bit. I'm going to try to put on a happy face, but I'm breaking down inside. The Raptors lost last night to the very shorthanded Golden State Warriors. Uh, they didn't just lose. They got their ass kicked. It was never a close game. It was potentially the worst offensive performance the Raptors have maybe put in. It was also the worst defensive performance, in my opinion, that the Raptors have put in so far this season. This is a team that prides themselves on their ability to defend, on their creativity in the full court. And none of that existed last night. It was the worst all-around game I think the Raptors have played so far this year. Um, And it's brought up a lot of conversations surrounding this team about whether or not they should blow it up. Uh, Right now, they are in the midst of a five-game losing streak. They are 10th seed in the East, so they're still, you know, in playoff position. There's still a few teams that are a little bit worse, like the uh, Chicago Bulls. That team stinks. That team should also blow it up. The Washington Wizards, they should also blow it up. Um, Orlando Magic are surging, so we'll see. We'll see if they they catch up to that 10 seed soon. Uh, But yeah, the, the, the Raptors are complete and utter trash. This is one of the worst teams in the league right now. It is the worst shooting team in the league right now. They're hitting threes at a 30% rate since the start of November. By far the worst. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts, but I'll I'll, I'll let let you guys kick things off. Do you guys think that the Raptors should blow it up? Yeah, uh, I don't think it should be a debate at this point. After what we saw last night, I think that's... Just another reminder that yes, this team needs to blow it up because this isn't going anywhere. Even if everybody is healthy and playing 40 minutes, then 
they have a chance to beat a top team but the likelihood of that happening is so rare now because it's such an injury prone team too and mm. the the team that shows up to most games struggles to put the ball in the basket unless it's transition they they can only score in transition half court offense is non existent i saw this clip where uh, the the warriors put up uh, a 1 2 one zone Yeah, one two two zone, and it was hilarious to see the Raptors play hot potato with the ball. Malachi Flynn and Scotty Barnes just passing it between each other, taking a couple dribbles, looking at the defense, then passing it back to the other one. Yeah, like somebody <laughs> said, that's how I play two K, and that's exactly how it felt. Like some <laughs> noob playing two K, and it's it's just bad. Like the the product out there is so bad. And it's not going to be solved one move or two. So I don't think there is any point in keeping this roster and trying to compete with this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if it's just this season, but I also saw it a little bit in the playoffs where the Raptors' offense is just one of the most stagnant offenses in the league. It's a lot of. Well, from what I see, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot, a lot of what I see from them is a lot of drives to the basket, kickouts, and that's pretty much yeah what this offense is. There is I don't see a lot of man movement Mm-mm. from this team, and as much as you emphasize moving the ball, you also have to have guys moving around the court, and a lot of people, a lot of players on this team are just standing around. and that's obviously not going to work in this kind of nba where you know teams are always uh, on the move defensively so yeah it, it was it was a little bit of an eyesore to watch the raptors last night Man, as much bad. as i enjoyed i mean as much as i enjoyed the game you know it was a as jovari said it eye melting it was it was an eye melting performance it, it was horrendous it's just not how basketball is played anymore you know like you you compare it to the off ball movement of the golden state warriors of the denver nuggets and i don't think that there's a lack of creative players on the raptors team it's just that they're not being put into situations where they're really allowed to be creative they're just going for post-ups um back to the basket and if they don't find a look on a back to the basket play if Siakam doesn't get double teamed then there's just nothing there if they don't manage to find someone on a kickout after a drive um i mean straight up even if they do find someone on a kickout after a drive it's not like they're going to knock down a three um just cuz this team doesn't know how to shoot there's no backdoor cuts there's no like real ball handling threat at the top of the at the top of the perimeter um there's no one that's setting up plays for anyone else there's no legitimate shot creator on this team this is the team with one of the worst assist rates in the entire nba uh they're only averaging 22 assists a game it's completely and utterly horrendous it is ugly it is boring it is stale and it's been this way since the preseason Uh, I remember going to I mean the only game that I've been to so far this year was their fourth was the fourth game of the preseason against the Chicago Bulls and there's no way that I should still be seeing the exact same offensive sets in game 4 of the preseason 
sorry, now that I saw in the game in, in game four of the preseason. There's no way that your offense should still function the same way this many games into the year. You've had time to grow your offensive scheme, to figure out what's been working. You've had Pascal Siakam be one of the most creative players in the entire NBA. He's completely and utterly taken a leap and it's just not being used. All he's doing is putting his back to the basket, trying to back down one of his one of like his 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 defender or spin around him and then pass it to someone else who is just standing out on the perimeter not even moving um scotty barnes has been completely and utterly slumping but it's not like he's being put in a situation where he's allowed to do anything right like you're not you're not helping him excel there's no one moving to like moving with him if he has the ball in his hands and he's going towards the basket last year we saw Scotty Barnes get utilized in the perfect way, right? This is a ridiculously strong rookie. He does not have the body of a rookie. He's he's stronger than whoever is defending him most of the time. Force his way to the basket and find someone else beside him also moving into the paint at the same time as him for, for like an easy dump off, right? And they're just not implementing that anymore. They're just standing out on the perimeter, hoping that they can catch up on horrible leagues with three-point shooting. It's, I don't know, it's a mess. Um, the biggest problem last year was also their half-court offense, and they just haven't done anything to improve it. Instead, they've just kind of leaned further into the whole, let's get players that are six foot nine and long and can't shoot uh, mentality, and it's just hasn't, it hasn't done anything. Um, they've moved Gary Trent Jr. to the bench, which I originally thought was a good idea. I thought that it would be nice to have a second unit actually be led by a legitimate scorer and ball handling threat because there just isn't one down there but he just hasn't done anything and he's just completely and utterly regressed um the vibes are off everything about this team i think is just kind of dead in the water this is also a team that has been putting up their worst defensive performances as of late and i know that og ananobi is out um he's obviously been a been talked up in the defensive player of the year candidate as a defensive player of the year candidate so far this year he's been out but i don't know i I feel like it's the problem is bigger than that right now you know there's just no effort on the defensive end um no one seems motivated to even try uh last night i I can't think of a single good closeout that the raptors had on any three-point shoot and any three-point shot that the warriors took so i don't know I, i feel like there's there's legitimate like existential problems right now with the makeup of this Raptors team. They seem so unsure of what they should be. They seem so lost and like treading water um, that I just, I just don't see how there's like a quick path out. I don't see if there's one trade. I don't see one trade that helps this team. I don't think that you can bring in, you know, a couple additional wing scores um and change the makeup of the offense of this squad like you can't you can't just bring in like a 40 percent three-point shooter like Malik Beasley and expect everything to change there's still no other spacing on this team um it needs a complete and utter facelift and I think that it's just kind of gone to show that whatever experiment Masai thought he was cooking up with this whole let's get long six foot nine guys um it's it's not working it's kind of dog shit um it was a novelty it was it was fun um it's it's very i'll give them kudos to this it's very impressive their ability to hound opposing teams right and when the offense is clicking when everyone's giving their full effort 
there's a reason why they are the most annoying team in the NBA to play against. It is because they hound ball handlers. They crowd passing lanes. Um, they force turnovers at a rate that no other team can. But when a team is kind of already just not there mentally, uh, it just it won't work. It doesn't matter how long you are. No one's going to want to jump those passing lanes. You're not going to be creating turnovers. And that just leads to a stale offense as well. And like you need, if, if that's your only game plan, you know, like if that's the only way that you can win games, it's by creating turnovers and scoring in the full court. I think you're kind of setting yourself up to fail, right? Like that's not how basketball games are won. It's not, it's not just a sprint. It's, you need to have control. You need to have rhythm. You need to have discipline. And the Raptors just don't have any of that. Like this is a complete and utter scheme problem. The entire makeup of this team is in disarray. Yeah, it's it's time it's time to, to to blow it up, man. It's over. Okay, with everything with everything you said. Sorry, yeah, that was a while. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Bro okay. thought it was Raptors Anonymous here. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for contributing, that... Kai. <laughs> yeah, but with everything with everything you said, I just want to put this out there. How where where is Nick Nurse right now on our coaching team? Or, or hot seat tier list because you 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 were mentioning about how you know the offense has remained stagnant all throughout and i've seen i've seen this last year too their half court offense mm-hmm. like at what point does it does it become a conversation where maybe maybe nick nurse is the problem for not being able to get his guys to actually run a good motion offense or Maybe maybe his, his schemes are just the reason why this team is not succeeding offensively. It's interesting. Like, I think, but, well, Nick Nurse was originally hired as an offensive coach, right? Like, that was really what his specialty lied in. It was in creating a creative offense. But I think that he's kind of moved towards the creative defense part of um, coaching as of late. I don't think that firing Nick Nurse is the right call by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I think that this guy is still tactically, especially on defense. If guys are actually motivated, it is still schematically one of the best defenses in the entire league. But it's just that people are not doing anything anymore. Um, and there's a lot of players on the team that just aren't good enough, straight up. Um, there's just been too many lapses. I don't think people are thinking clearly enough. So I I don't I don't know. I don't really think that they should fire Nick Nurse. If anything, like bring in a different assistant coach to help run or to help build the proper offensive scheme. Um, he's had the same guys around him on the bench for a little while now. Adrian Griffin's been there for a while. Um, Nate Bjorkgren, obviously he was with the Pacers, but he's back with this team. He's had the same guys around him for a while. And like some great minds have already left him. Like Chris Finch left him last year. And we saw the offense kind of go stale after that. So I think that what this team needs is to honestly just bring in like an additional assistant coach to help Nick Nurse build a new offense for the squad. Um, but obviously they also need to blow up the team as a whole. So just get rid of most of the pieces that are there. I don't, I, I don't know. I just I just don't think that Nick Nick's the problem, honestly. I think that I, I read this on Twitter. I forget who said it, but it was how to tell if you have a good coach is if if you fired him today how many vacancies would automatically go to him as their first hire, right? Like, 
if 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 you were to do it during the off season when 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 vacancies are are at the at the maximum, you don't think that? Do you really not think that every single team in the NBA, the first name on their list to interview would be Nick Nurse? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, so like no, like you can't you can't fire him. You need to but, find ways to work around it. But one of the main reasons he would be number one is because he won a championship just a few years ago. But like since like Mike Mike just said that like since last season it's been apparent how their offense has just been like there there is no creativity in this offense it's just a lot of like kick out and inshallah like cross and inshallah is for soccer <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I. Like obviously, I think he has to take a lot of blame here for the yeah. stagnant offense. And will a new assistant help? I don't know. But there are teams that can build, that can win through a defensive identity. Like the Knicks, we talked about them earlier. And if if the Raptors want to do that, I think Masai needs to have a conversation with Nick about that and. He needs to give Nick the pieces for that to happen. Bro, bring in Jakob Pertl. Bring in other defensive guys and also guys who can actually do other things too. Get rid of Steady Freddy. Please, please get rid of Freddy. I'm begging. Everywhere I see, there are these fans that are not ready to let him go for free. And I hate that this is so ingrained in like NBA fans' minds that if a player is leaving the organization, he has to like there has to be some return. Like he's been a good servant to the team. He helped the team win the ring. Let him go. Let mm-hmm. him go wherever he wants to. Just have just let him walk. That's it. There's a lot of cap space you save there. Yeah. And you can yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think I think you can get like a solid. I I mean the way that most teams are doing it nowadays. I mean you could probably sign and trade them somewhere, right? Like that's probably the hope, um, there. But yeah, I I agree. I don't I don't think you should let them walk though. I think that blowing it up kind of implies that like hey like let's at least get some picks out of it. Like there's a lot of teams that could probably use a Fred Van Vliet right now. Like look at Dallas. You don't think that Dallas would love a Fred Van Vliet? I was I was just thinking about that. He he he'd be good on on their team as a secondary ball handler, like similar to how Jalen Brunton was last year. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Why do you think they have Kemba Walker right now? That's that's what he's doing. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot Kemba. <laughs> Kemba's nasty now, eh? Yo, thirty-two points. Put some respect on my man's. <laughs> Come on, man! Not cardiac Kemba. <laughs> yeah. I was so happy to see that man. Yeah, good for him. But no, I mean seriously, like I think that there's a lot of teams that like same with Gary Trent Jr. Please trade Gary Trent Jr. I'm so sick of this guy. He doesn't do anything and he's obviously not going to accept his player option next year. This guy could get 18 million dollars next year, but he thinks he's going to be worth like 25 and he'll probably get it cuz he's young and he is a microwave scorer sometimes, but this guy doesn't do anything anymore on this team. He's gone. Please. Let, yeah, let Pop do his magic with him. Bring bring back Yaku. Okay, 
the Yaka Pirtle deal, I just I don't really agree with it. I've never really liked it. I just think that if we're looking at a team that already has issues with with like spacing the floor, you're gonna bring in a guy whose primary mode of operation on offense is being a pick and roll role man, um, without a legitimate point guard that knows how to run the pick and roll. And even if you do run the pick and roll, every single team is just going to go into drop coverage against you and pack the paint because this team has no way of breaking a zone. So I, I don't know what the hell Pirtle brings you if you're looking at your offense. Uh, all you're going to do is make it more stale than it was before. Well, you see, it's certainly not the only move, but I think it should start with that because the Raptors' defense, especially in the paint, is disgusting. It's so bad. You're relying on a second overall pick to do that job. You're relying on Chris Boucher to do that job. Neither of them can do it. And then you're, so because of that, you're forcing Siakam to do it. And he shouldn't be because he's your guy who who should be your number one off, uh, who, who is the number one scoring option. He shouldn't be out there defending guys like Embiid or the starting centers of the other teams. He should be on wings which is less taxing that's where Jakob Pertl comes in for the defense to shore up your defense I agree his impact on offense is is significantly bad but it starts with that like you bring in you bring in a guy like Jakob Pertl you bring in a guy who can actually be a playmaker who can actually involve a guy like him in the pick and roll you that's how you start in my opinion, to break down this roster. Sure. And how do you how do you reasonably do do that like mid-season though? Like I just oh think I don't think that a team that should be rebuilding anyways should even yeah. be looking at making mid-season trades to contend. Like I don't know how how it's justifiable in any way, shape, or form to give up like a first round pick for Jakob Pertle when this is a team that for all facts and purposes should be tanking. Yeah, and he's going to be a rental too, right? So they're not even yeah. going to have him for the long term. So Yeah, and like yeah. part of the appeal of Jakob Pertl right now is that like he's an injection of shot blocking and interior defense into your team for only $9 million a year. It's a very tradable, like it's very easy to to, to get him onto your squad. Um, You just have to be willing to give up picks. Like unless the Raptors want to sign him in free agency, which fuck no, they should not because they need to rebuild. Um, I just... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like. The, I don't like the portal fit. Like I think that. Like yeah, sure. I mean, it's it, it shores up the interior of your defense. I think that you make a really good point about Siakam. Like, the reason we've seen Giannis be so good on defense is that he's primarily a help defender, right? He essentially functions as that, as that team's like free safety, kind of just hovering around the um just the the, the, the inside the arc, making sure that. If Brooke needs help defending the paint, um, he can be there. Or if he needs to close out on a shooter on the perimeter, he can also be there. That's why Giannis is so good on defense. He's not the one that's taking the brunt of the physicality. He's just the one that's helping and he helps extremely well. And that's what Siakam should be doing by all means. Um, and you can't do that unless you have someone like Pirtle to man the paint. But making a trade for Pirtle involves contending this year. And this team just isn't primed to contend right now anyways. Like, they shouldn't be making moves to try to win. They should be making moves to try to lose. Sh- shit is over, bro. This season's done. Yeah, I, I should have I should have clarified that. That if 
there is still any glimmer of hope for them in that case you trade for a guy like portal otherwise yes mm-hmm. i agree this this yeah. it does make sense mm-hmm. yeah so i want to i want to list so right now they're on a five game losing streak um i'm going to name i'm going to list off their their next games and i want you to tell me i want you guys to 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 <laughs> tell me if you think they win this game or not <laughs> okay okay so tonight so second night of a back to back they're at philadelphia no no way wednesday at new york no no friday at cleveland <laughs> no no uh tu- the next tuesday um i'm, I'm gonna stop saying the dates but and after that it's home versus clips uh based on how Kawhi is playing right now averaging 25 in the last three games don't tell me about that <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear it, bro. Yeah. And if that PG's was, back, I don't think. Yeah. But again, it's not like it's not like the Warriors needed Steph and Wiggins to beat the Raptors. So they really, they really just got pool, huh? Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. After that, Memphis Grizzlies home versus Memphis Grizzlies. No the teams. number one seed in the West. Come on, man. Um. So it's a no, right? Yes. Okay, so that's the first leg of a back-to-back. The second game of that back-to-back is home versus Phoenix. You see, I don't know. Phoenix is tough. Tough to predict. Bro, second night of a back-to-back, home against Phoenix. Are you kidding me? They're going to get destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. How many is that now? 11, 11 game losing streak This now? is This is 11. Okay, now 12, Indiana Pacers at Indiana. See, that's a tough one. That's the 50-50, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I think they could break this break this losing streak, but they also got mollywopped by the Pacers uh, the last time they played um, <laughs> in Indiana. They lost one eighteen one oh four. The game wasn't close. Benedict Matherin demolished the Raptors, so that might happen again. You never know. Because then after that, you better hope that you win that one. Because after that, you got the Bucks. Yo, when does this end? No. <laughs> It gets it gets a little bit better after Bucks. It's like Knicks, Knicks are probably gonna cool off at that point after we already jinxed them. And then Portland is after that. And then this is like a nice home, like a six game homestand. You've got Bucks, Knicks, Blazers, and you got two games against the Hornets. Oh, which they'll it. they'll lose one of those games. That's that's <laughs> when they'll trade for Jakob Pertl when they have a glimmer of hope. That's it. You know, they're like, oh my god, we finally won one. We're like, we're 13th seed in the East. Now's our time. Sickening. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I've I've given up on the Raptors. I think that they're about to completely and utterly bottom out. This win, this losing streak could go on for a while. Do you think that there's any world where they trade Siakam? I hope not. Hmm. That's the scary one, I think. Because... I, I think that they could fetch like a king's ransom for him, you know, like they could get like four first rounders for Siakam. I feel like they could. I mean, if they bought him out, they they honestly should consider it. Yeah. Right? They could get a lot for Siakam, because I think that OG is perfectly tradable. I think that he's playing at the height of his powers right now, and you'd be selling him as high as you I think can. I think that you could probably get like two firsts for him, uh, with limited protections. Pascal, you could get four first four with very limited protections. Um, I saw a deal that potentially sends Fred Van Vliet to the Phoenix Suns. 
uh, for like two first round picks. And I was, it was like a three team trade. Uh, it was a response to like Kevin O'Connor's tweet. Let me, let me pull it up. I'm going to pull up this tweet actually. So give me one second, but there's some uh, interesting stuff potentially. So it's a three team trade between the Suns, Bucks and Raptors. Raptors would get Joe Ingles, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, the Suns 2026 first rounder, 2024 first rounder, and then the Bucks 2025 and 2023 second rounders. All they have to get rid of is Fred Van Vliet. Uh, that's not bad. I'd do that. 2024 and 2026, that's two first rounders right there. And then here's another one that involves Pascal Siakam uh, with the Blazers and the Heat. Okay, so Raptors get Gary Payton, Duncan Robinson, and Shaden Sharp. And a uh, 2023 first rounder from Miami, a 2028 first rounder from Portland, and a 2025 first rounder from Portland. The Blazers get Pascal Siakam, and the Heat get Justice Winslow and Josh Hart. Who says no? The Raptors would say no to that. I think the Raptors say no. Yeah. 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 See, I I know it's, it's not how teams go about with tanking. But if there is a way to hold on to Siakam and Barnes and get rid of everyone else, I feel that would be the absolute ideal way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, that's how it works, right? Like it's yeah. like Barnes, Barnes and Siakam are like the building blocks right now. I think that you can gut the team otherwise, but you can get a lot for Siakam right now. Yeah, but uh, like for a team that is that has seen the abyss of the NBA for way too long, I don't I don't think the team is prepared to be mm-hmm. three to five years in in that same zone once again. For sure, no, I agree. We just need Scoot Henderson. That's over. Yeah, and Pascal's not going to be in that same timeline too. Yeah. So it, it really is just about like retooling rather than rebuilding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sad. Um, but you know, I we ball. We ball. Um, is that all we got for this episode? Do we want to talk about anything else? Uh, I think we talked a lot already. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's good. Uh, We're good. Okay. All right. That's all we've got for this episode of the Positionless Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh Aaron. Mike, it was good talking to you guys. And always enjoy these. Except Very when they're therapeutic. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah maybe this is just catharsis for Mr. Gamage here. I needed this, man. After that loss last night, like I I went off on Twitter. I was angry. I was demoralized. I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to be impulsive, you know. So I just wanted to air all of that out here. Um yeah. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate a, a good therapy session with the boys at the Positionless Pod. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, well, you're welcome to have your therapy session over on this pod. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just I'm just trauma dumping on the podcast at this point. Um. Yeah. All right. Signing off for Aaron Matthew, Mike Cruz, and uh, Diego San Agustin, who freaking bum couldn't join us. Uh, We'll see you guys maybe next week. We'll see. Um, Yeah, take care.